and welcome to the Cinematic Stories Podcast. This is the podcast where I talk to really cool people about their life through their favorite films. And I am your host, Thomas Olson, and I want to welcome my guests for today, uh, Lisa from the I Love That Movie Podcast. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I, As you know, I love to talk about movies, so excited to uh, to chat about my movie history today. Awesome. Well, I am really excited to have you. Um, and uh, uh, at least you were on my old show, Superhero Movie Cast, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been on your show before. It's been a while since we podcasted together, so I'm excited yeah. to have you on here. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so this is kind of a little bit different than what I was doing, but um, I, you know, so we'll go through some of those questions. But uh, before we kind of get into like your histories and life through movies and stuff like that, um, uh, I know you, you got your own podcast. Um, would you want to take a second to share with my listeners what that is and what you do there? Sure. Um, so I started this podcast and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but six years ago. Oh, wow. Um, now and it's called I Love That Movie. And basically, you know, every week or we've been doing kind of bi-weekly now, um, I have a guest and they just talk about a movie that they love. So the guest can have any background. You know, I talk to other podcasters like yourself. I've talked to my family. I've talked to filmmakers, um, just kind of everybody and people that have never even heard a podcast before have been on my show. So just anyone that loves movies, I consider them an expert of that particular movie and we just kind of chat about it. That's really, yeah, that's cool. I love how you let your guests pick the movies, right? Is that how you still do it? Let them pick yes, it? Yes, yeah, they always yeah. pick it. It's funny because people will reach out to me and say, can you let me know when we'll talk about this movie or that movie? And I think, well, actually, that's up to you. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about it when you want to. So question, have you ever had someone share a movie that you're like, oh, I'm not the biggest fan of that one, but you do it anyways? Like, has that ever happened? Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. And and I'm transparent with them. I'm like, you know, wasn't the biggest fan of this, but I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see what you love about it. And, you know, hopefully it'll, it will change my mind. I think there's like maybe one or two movies that if I'm, I'm totally honest, I just don't see me covering on the podcast because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're a little too controversial or something like that. I don't want to offend somebody. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, there's, there's been a couple of times where someone picked a movie that like I watched it and I was like, I kind of thought that was boring. (laughs) And then we talk about it and it kind of gives me a new perspective on that movie, which is, which is honestly why I like doing this so much. Yeah. That's cool. That's um, yeah. Well, I mean, good for you for sitting through those sometimes if you don't like them, but also like, (laughs) I I love the kind of the positivity you bring to movie discussions because it's such, there's so much, I feel like there can be so much negativity out there around movies sometimes. And, and uh anyway I, I i always enjoy it and i i had a i know we, we've talked about like inception mm-hmm. uh, i think we did back to the future 2 i believe is one of them yeah um, yeah the last jedi which i know is controversial but that was a lot of fun yeah so. and that's controversial like in in terms of takes but if something touches on a subject that is like too much then i might be like uh but sure. if it's just a movie people liked or didn't i'm you know i'm fine with covering right yeah yeah well cool well um since you're new, this is a kind of new podcast format for me and everything. What, um, I'd love for my guests to maybe get to know you a little bit more. Like what, sure. what do you, what would you say are some of the unique things about yourself? Okay. I've been thinking about this the past couple of days because I feel like I'm kind of boring, but, um, let's see. I'm, I'm an only child. I guess that's kind of a unique thing. Uh, left handed. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot of lefties out there. Um, 
I, I, I feel like I'm pretty, you know, um, straightforward and, um, I don't, I don't know that I have that many interesting things about myself. I, I like, I'm, I'm really into my hobbies. I'm a big nerd and I tell people right away. Um, so don't really follow sports very much, but I mean, I'll go to a baseball game cause I love a good hot dog and a beer, but, right. um, I don't keep up with a lot of sports. I mainly watch, you know, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, DC, Marvel, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. and that takes up, you know, most of my viewing time. Also, you know, I'm a big anime fan ever since I was like a teenager, which is kind of funny now because I'll meet parents and, you know, they'll, they'll see like an anime character, like on my backpack or something and go, Oh yeah, my kids love that. And I'm like, hey. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 40, but I, yeah. I also love it. Um, so I guess that's a little bit unique. I mean, it's getting less unique these days, but older anime fan, I don't know. If that yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, I think it's interesting. You mentioned only child as a unique thing. Cause that, um, yeah, I think that can be very unique, you know, it is uh, like when I have conversations with people, I notice that, you know, most people have siblings, <laughs> right? For, for me, that's unique. I have four other siblings and then, um, as an adult, I have four step siblings as well. And then, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, that's unique to me. <laughs> I've never yeah. experienced that. So, um, and I, and you, do you still do cosplay and things like that? I do. I guess I could have mentioned that, huh? Um, yeah, I, I started cosplaying when I was about 16. I, it was, it was kind of newer then in the U.S. Um, yeah. and it was a long time ago. Um, probably, I guess, late nineties, early two thousands era. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like it is today where you can literally go on Amazon and buy something fairly high quality. I mean, you truly had to like hire someone to make things. And I, in the beginning, I hired someone that made a bunch of costumes for me. And then I started making them myself because there was kind of a little bit of social pressure to make your own. I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, so I learned how to sew and, and made stuff. And to this day, I mean, I don't have the the time that I used to have. So yeah. I buy stuff sometimes, but I, I still like cosplaying. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain to people. Sometimes they think it's kind of strange, but there's this thing where like, you just love something so much. You, you wear it kind of like a fan at a, at a, at a football game or something. And you meet other people that are like you that, you know, like the same things you do. It's a really good icebreaker, especially if you're an introvert, which I, I kind of am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I've always like, admired your cosplay the things you because i i think it's it's something i've never really got into myself mostly just i i don't feel like i feel like for me i'd have to go buy something because i'm not the most creative when it comes to putting things together but like i appreciate the craft of it if that makes sense and like um so anyway i think it's really cool and i um I remember too, because it sounds so sounds like you've learned how to sew because i remember you were making those masks during the pandemic that's right. Yeah. yeah During like the pandemic, I, I lost my job. And so there, I just had a lot of free time and, mm. um, you know, I was really bummed to be honest, like about that. I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a germaphobe too. So it was kind of a scary time. I, I know it was for a lot of people. Um, and I tried to channel that energy into something positive. So I started, uh, like making masks and, um, you know, giving them to friends, selling them to friends and stuff like that. And uh, also doing a little bit of painting. I, I like to draw and, and paint. I'm definitely not the best artist out there, but but it was fun and it's kind of therapeutic. And I think it's something yeah. that, you know, as we've come out of that, um, I've continued to kind of to kind of keep up that craft. Yeah. 
Well, that's cool. Yeah, I know. I really appreciated the masks that I ordered from you. Like, I think I had like a Star Wars one and like a yes, thank a, you so Avengers. much. And I remember like you even made some ones for like kids. Like my daughter, she was three at the time, had oh. one. And it was like a little. I think it was like Supergirl and Wonder Woman, maybe. I anyway, yeah. So. I have like a ton of them still. Like I know no one's really, I'm not really wearing masks so much anymore, but it, it was, it was something good like that I yeah. could do and it kind of helps with your skills. And yeah, thank you for buying them. That was so nice. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was, I was, I was happy too. It was like, it's, I always like to support friends and people that can do things themselves. And that was like very much needed at the time. And so, and yeah. we looked cool with them. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, well, awesome. Well, so you mentioned that you like a lot of them, like Marvel and Star Wars and DC and those types of things. Are there any other kind of movies or genres that you tend to gravitate towards? So in terms of movie genres, I think my favorites are usually like psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, I love all all movie genres pretty much. I think the weakest maybe being romance or um yeah, something like that. But I, I like all movie genres. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's you know, the more I talk to people, that's pretty common. That most mm-hmm. like everyone kind of has maybe some of their favorites, I think. But then it's like being open to other things as well. So, um, well, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump into like some of the more specific questions then. And so with these, um, you know, I, I sent these over to you before, but feel free to like, um share any personal stories you have anything that you're comfortable with of course nothing if you sure um, and then uh if you have if it was hard picking one or two feel free to also share maybe like if there was another one so um it doesn't have to just necessarily be like the one but um so anyways uh any questions then before we start though uh no i think i think we're good cool okay so uh the first question is what's one of the most meaningful films to you and what makes it so meaningful to you? One of the most meaningful films and what makes it so meaningful? Um, hmm. I, I guess maybe, oh, it's so hard to pick, you know, one. <laughs> but um, I guess I keep going back to, I guess I'm going to answer two that are like polar opposites. Um, one is I really like the Back to the Future franchise. Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's just always had like a big impact on me i guess the first one is probably the best one even though second i think we talked about i like for some reasons a little bit more in the third one too but um i think it was like one of the first films that i fell so completely in love with and just cared so much about like i remember going to universal that year and going and looking at the delorean they had on the display there I think I told you I randomly met Christopher Lloyd like a year or two after my first time ever seeing the movie, which was oh, very wow. strange. Yeah, it was very weird. It was not at a convention. It was, I think it was in, it was either in Santa Monica or Santa Barbara. Uh, background is I have some family in California mm-hmm. and we were out there and uh, we were at like a, like a mall. And, um, and I, and my dad goes, Hey, look, it's Christopher Lloyd. Mm. And I thought that I remember thinking that's impossible, you know, because we had literally just been watching those movies. So like, that would be very strange, but he was right. He was right there. And I, I remember being so intimidated. I didn't go talk to him at all. Yeah. And then, um, um, I finally did get to talk to him later at a convention, but oh, nice. I, I just remember like, it was just 
overwhelming to me that he was right there. And, you know, I guess maybe my relationship with my dad, you know, too, um, it just kind of, I think about those movies in a very specific time in my life and, um, I don't know. I just really love them. Yeah. No, that's, I, um, I have the same similar fondness for those films as well. Like I was pretty young and definitely like, and apparently I, so I had my dad on the show and he had told me that he took me to see back. So I was born in 88. I think the third one came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told me that he took me and my, my three older brothers. So I was the youngest out of the four boys. He took us to all go see the third one. And so I, really, that was like the first movie I saw in the theaters. I don't remember it, but um, anyway, that was cool to find that out. But um, yeah. So, and then did you ever go on the ride at Universal Studios? Oh Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. I've never it was been a on it, but because they closed it before I went, by the time I went there. But yeah, I went on that one and the ET one as well. Oh, nice. Um, which honestly is another movie that was really important to me growing up. I absolutely adored ET. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I said I was going to give you a flip side. I guess oh, the right, other yeah. movie that that has meant a lot to me, like just in terms of cinema, is. Uh, the Shining. I'm probably not a surprise okay. to you or anyone that knows me. Um, but what's funny about that film is I remember really liking it when I was younger and not a lot of people resonating with it. And then there's just been this wave like in the past decade or so where it has become such an important film to like all cinemaphiles to the point of like people almost rolling their eyes. It's almost like, you know, the way Citizen Kane is where people are like, oh, it's pretentious. Mm-hmm. You're bringing that up. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like people feel that way about The Shining, but I'm here to say, you know, I'm not going to claim any originality in, in picking it, but I think that there are a lot of really specific reasons why that movie is so important to yeah. a lot of people that love film. I think it just was a huge influence on me and I saw it a little too young to be watching it, mm-hmm. but have continued to love it to this day. Yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you first saw it? I'm, I don't, I, I'm going to say preteen. Okay. Um, and what's weird is my father was very against horror. Like he was, you know, I, I was raised very religious and he, he would say things like, you know, he would quote the Bible and say things like, we need to focus on what is good, not what's evil. And to a lot of um, like Protestant Christians here in, in the South, that, that literally means like not watching horror movies. Like you can't, you're not even supposed to watch them because you're like inviting evil. Um, and for some reason he made an exception with the shining, which is arguably like the most disturbing. So I don't know where he was coming from with that, but, um, he let me watch it and I was just enamored with it. I love that it's all takes place during the day. I love that it's mostly like psychological terror more than, I mean, there's definitely supernatural horror in it, but it's more about how the film makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And I even feel that I, I, there's a lot of controversy around uh, the way Shelley Duvall was treated uh, by by um, the director. But I and I agree, you know, with that. But at the same time, I, I think that the performance she gives is so moving. And so I, I feel like it's a more clear depiction of somebody who's in an abusive relationship and how. I mean, there's just so many points in the movie where it's like sometimes it's supernatural and other times it's just the terror of him scaring her. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so effective. Um, and just all the visuals. I don't know. Just I love I love Kubrick movies. So it's probably the first one I ever saw. And I've, I've just always really liked it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So 
Okay. So that's, and that's one that you feel like, so you saw pretty young, but that continued to revisit a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I've, I've, I think there's been like a couple father's day, um, where I saw it with my dad, which is kind of funny cause it's about a really horrible father, but yeah. <laughs> we've seen it together. And you know, it, again, it's kind of a memory with him. I, I have memories of movies with my mother too, but for whatever reason, me and my dad just saw more movies together. Yeah. That's cool. Is it something that, like, to this day, like, if you were to, like, ask your dad, like, hey, you want to watch this movie, would he still be? Oh, you... yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. 100%. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, okay, so let's go to the next question. So this one, um, there's a few different ways you can answer it. So let me just, I'll share the question first. But so it's, what is your family movie? And what memories do you have watching this? So you kind of share a little bit about that. But so this could be a movie. I know that the shiny maybe kind of would fit for this too, but it's a movie that maybe you and your family grew up watching, or maybe it's something that you and your spouse now you watch together, your family or mm-hmm. um, something that, and it's just kind of something like that when you're together, it may come up in conversation or you have like random quotes from it that, you know, that you share um, has some sort of sentimental value that reminds you of your family. Um, so a lot of different ways to answer that. So any, any, anything come to mind for that? Man, so many come to mind, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I have same. It's, it's a hard one for me to answer. It's really hard. So many could fit for, <laughs> for this one. <laughs> I would say, um, you know, honestly, it's hard to pick just one. I guess if I had to pick one, it would be um, the fourth one. But we watched the, uh, the original Star Trek movies a lot growing up, mm-hmm. um, like in a family setting. Which is kind of weird because I wouldn't say that my family were really big sci-fi fans, but I think those Star Trek films were just big at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and they're family friendly and, you know, so we would watch the one, uh, with the whales, of course, <laughs> the most, um, because that so, one really resonates with children. Which one is um, that? Cause I'm, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the, like I've seen bits of them over the years, but like I couldn't pick out which one's which. It's the voyage home. Okay. So that's number four, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was the one that was directed by Leonard Nimoy. Okay. Um, and it has more of a, uh, climate change focus. Right. He was very concerned about the environment, concerned about whales specifically. And so the whole plot revolves around that, which you think would make it like kind of a silly movie. And, And maybe it is, but. It's just also got like a lot of heart. It's the lightest, I think, movie that they made. Yeah. And it's moving. It's funny. And we watched it a ton of times. Oh, cool. So even, so like all three of you, your mom and dad, you guys all just join in on that one and watch. So truthfully, my parents were divorced when I was four. So we didn't really watch a lot of movies together. But um, I would say like my dad, my aunts and uncles. Okay. Like when they would visit, it's like we would watch this, we would watch Aliens, we would watch Predator. Like I think there must have been like a TV channel that had these movies on that we would (laughs) watch. And so that's – I think that's what made the decision for us. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, And if you don't mind me asking, is where you – did you grow up with – both parents in your life? like Oh, both- yeah, okay. absolutely. But, you know, my movie experience with my mother was very different because she really cares about um, independent films more. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I had to pick a, a meaningful memory with her, there's this movie called Volver that uh, stars Penelope Cruz. 
and you know i'm i'm a i'm mexican and so that movie is you know all in spanish and my mother and i watched it together and it's about i don't want to give too much away but it's like it's about women it's about a family and like women and the role they play in their families and then there's like a big secret that they have to cover up in the film Okay. Um, and so she watched things like that. She's more into like serious movies, mm-hmm. although her big exception would be she absolutely loves The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she also loves um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? We watch that together a lot. Oh, cool. So, so she's just kind of like a different type of moviegoer. So when I think of memories with her, it's usually when I'm a little bit older. Yeah. Um, she was not a huge fan of, like, she would not sit down and watch. She, we watched The Next Generation a couple times together, but she's not like a, she doesn't really like fantasy and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of how my mom was a little bit too. Um, and Oh Brother Out Thou, funny enough, was one that I remember watching with my mom too. So. Yeah, she was like, she like loved that movie. Yeah. Just moms, just. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they love Coen Brothers. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um. Okay, so what's a film you think you feel like you've seen probably you've watched the most throughout your life? Like, what's the movie you, yeah, I guess just seen, you know, the most, yeah, the most. It probably is The Shining. Um, I think just to make my answers more varied and interesting, another movie I watched a lot was The the Blues Brothers. Okay. <laughs> like, that's kind of random and totally on the opposite side of the spectrum, but I loved the way that movie was like action packed, it was funny. It was. It had all that music in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really, really like that movie. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And would you say like most of that, like the viewings for that, would be like in your childhood or growing up, or is it like a combination of being an adult as well? Or uh, watched it a lot as a kid, which is kind of random. Like I don't know that that many kids were watching the Blues Brothers, but I was <laughs> yeah. for some reason. I, I watched a lot of Saturday Night Live growing up. Uh-huh. So I watched a lot of the Saturday Night Live movies. So like I loved Blues Brothers. I loved Wayne's World, you know, films like that because of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And even Austin Powers I watched because I loved Mike Myers from Saturday Night Live, you know. So Mm -hmm. like I think that's – I was kind of a different kid in that way. I think all of this is because I was an only child probably. Like some of the films I should have been watching, like with kids my age, I ended up watching stuff my parents were watching instead. Um. So yeah, it started when I was a kid, but I've continued to love that movie as an adult. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, that I mean that makes sense too. I mean, I was so I'm I'm like I said, I'm the fourth out of five kids, and there's like a four year gap between me and the next sibling. So it's like three boys that are all kind of close to four years, and it's my sister and I. So my older Aww. brother watched. I remember he would babysit a lot, me a lot, and like me and the younger kids. And so like a lot of times we would be watching. I'd be watching stuff that probably wasn't appropriate for like a little kid to watch but you know it just I you know I did and like there's stuff now that like even like I'm thinking like Indiana Jones like the Temple of Doom I watched that really young and I'm thinking my kids are all really young right now so I'm like yeah I don't think I'd let them watch that right now but uh, it didn't (laughs) scare me like I, I didn't have nightmares about it which looking back when I watched it as an adult I'm like you know this movie is just like a it's just like a two hour nightmare the whole movie it's like it really is it's definitely the darkest of those um anyway so yeah i think things times are different too i don't know oh for sure like i just i mean kids have access i feel like to more stuff now but it's also like 
I feel like we monitor stuff a lot more. I don't oh, know. It's yeah. parent. It's just so. It's more curated to like what they're interested in, you know, right. whereas like for us, when we were kids, it's just like turning on the TV to whatever channel. Yeah. It's like now it's like you can be very intentional about like putting restrictions on things and mm-hmm. tailoring stuff to their taste. So they're not being exposed as much to stuff that they're not as interested in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no definitely it's 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 interesting like because i want my kids to like the like i would love my kids to be into star wars and things like that and i i try not to be too like manipulative with that <laughs> like, um <laughs> oh, but, watch... like, it always grows into such a positive memory though because like yeah, i feel like sure. you know when you think about your parents you're like the stuff that they loved and like exposed you to it's like you have a connection with them too. So it's, yeah. I don't think it's too manipulative. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And I, it's funny when I had my dad on the podcast, I, when I interviewed him, it was fun. To, it's like, he's a big James Bond fan. Oh, and so like, I, you know, my love for that comes from his love for it. And, yeah. and as, and that just some of his things that he liked have, I could, after talking to him, it was like definitely influenced my taste and things a lot. And so you know, like I even like my daughter. I know she's she's five, and like she Aww. she really likes Wonder Woman, which I have like. You know, she's we've watched parts of the Wonder Woman movie. She hasn't watched all of them, but like we've, you know, and like we've watched different cartoons with Wonder Woman, and so and that's, that's mostly because I'm like, hey, this is this is cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you should read comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, okay, so this next question is. Um, is what what's the movie that you feel like you've cried the most in? So I guess first off, though, do you cry in movies at all? Like, is do you is that something that? You... Oh yeah, and yeah. I feel like this has gotten worse as I've gotten older. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like when you're younger, it I don't know. I guess you're not as you don't have as much like life experience. You're not as exposed to as many things, and so I feel like the older we get, the more sentimental we get, and the more oh, sensitive sure. we get. Yeah. Um, you know, now I could if you have a well crafted commercial, I'd probably cry in it. Um. Yeah. It, it's hard to think of what I cried the most in though. Like that's a yeah. challenging question. Um. This is the one that, like, I, I had a hard time picking one that I cried the most in. So let me just – I remember as a child being pretty moved by E.T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and his relationship with E.T. When you think about it, it's almost borderline horrifying, like, how intense his yeah. relationship with E.T. actually is. But um, it was very moving to me. I cried in that. Um, and I don't know. I cry easily in movies. Too. It is. It's very traumatic. Yeah, I, I watched yeah. that as an adult. Of like, I hadn't seen it for a while, and I watched it a few years ago, and I was like crying because <laughs> I was just yeah. like, "Damn, this is so sad." But sorry, oh, I interrupted it, you. Oh no, you're good. And you actually reminded me of something when you talked about Temple of Doom. I think that uh, uh, Ki Hui Kwan's character is so adorable in that movie, mm-hmm. Short Round, and the part where. Um, he's trying to reason with Indy while he's like hypnotized. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> so. He's, he's like, I love you, and he like punches him. I cried as an adult. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't think yeah. I cried as a kid, but as an adult, I was like, no. Yeah, I wanted to adopt him. I I don't have children, but I was like, I would adopt him. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cute. That movie. Yeah, he continues to be adorable. And actually, recently I saw um 
everything everywhere all at once finally and yeah. i cried a lot in that especially oh, yeah. his monologue about being kind i i just lost it so yeah i guess that's a recent movie i cried in yeah no i i'm with you on that that's like such a powerful he his whole character is just such a huge standout i mean the whole cast is great but like he oh yeah he has a he's a huge standout and yeah his monologue there is just incredible like i've I've pulled it up on YouTube and you just watched it multiple times because it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, sorry, I feel like you were saying something about it and then I interrupted about you. No, no, you're fine. No, I, yeah. I finished my thought. Okay. I think I'm good. All right. Um, so what's the first movie you ever, you remember watching for the first time, whether it's like at home or, or it could even be at the movie theater, but uh, yeah, any, anything that comes to mind about the first movie you, you remember seeing? I think the first movie I saw in theater, which is easier to recall, I think, than the first movie I ever saw was Cinderella. There was a re-release of Disney Cinderella. And I remember being like, almost like proud of myself. Like I was like, I saw a movie and I was like four or five. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I was like, yay, we went to the movies. And I remember like buying, I think uh, McDonald's every year used to do this thing around Christmas where they would um release like little ornaments that were plushies and i remember they released like these little plushies that were um the mice in the movie <laughs> and i had those and con- and collected them quite a bit uh throughout my younger years but I, I just remember that being a positive experience and i remember also my parents were i must have been four because they were still married at the time mm-hmm. oh nice was that yeah was like the movie itself something that you've like, did you enjoy the movie or was it just like the experience of being at the movie? I think it was the experience of being at the movie, probably like the first important movie to me, which much to the dismay of my father, like this was post the uh, divorce, but I was obsessed with American tale. Oh yeah. I I just loved it. I I had a little five old doll. I pulled his hat off his head and I would wear it. And, um, I just watched it over and over and over. And I remember my dad being like, he was going through kind of a rough time in his life with, with the divorce. And so he would be like, can we watch something else? Like this movie's kind of sad. Um, but I just loved it. I loved like the adventure. Um, I, I think, you know, I wasn't an immigrant, but I think because my family is Mexican and spoke Spanish as a first language, I kind of related a little bit to Fievel. Mm-hmm. Even though obviously his he's like fleeing persecution and, and coming to America. It's a really heavy movie, by the way, like for a child. But um I I really liked that and I liked the message about America sort of being like this melting pot of immigrants and I, I just thought it was like a very positive movie and I really liked it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but I, I really liked it growing up. So I'm like Maybe I should watch that with my kids soon. Like that's <laughs> It's a really serious plot. I mean, it's like yeah. they're they're Jewish and they're in Russia and they're fleeing persecution there in America. And then he meets all these other children that are and he gets separated from his parents. He meets all these other children that are also um immigrants from somewhere else like Italy and other places. And then there's like a big political thing that happens. <laughs> Um, yeah. where that guy's like deceiving all the immigrants and stuff. I, I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of a heavy movie yeah, for, for children, but that's kind of how Don Bluth studios was like a lot of their movies like that and secret of Nim, they were kind of darker movies. And for whatever reason, as a kid, I kind of gravitated towards those. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. That that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's, 
I need to definitely check that out. I'm I'm adding it to my list right now. <laughs> I keep <laughs> nice. a, like I keep a list of movies for myself that I want to watch, but then I have like a movies with my kids that I want to like watch with them, and so I'm just adding it down there. So yeah. <laughs> um. Well, cool. Well, what? So the next question is: What's a film that's been a source of comfort for you during like a difficult time of your life? Oh my gosh! Again, so many, but um. I, recently, during the pandemic, I found myself watching um, Singing in the Rain. Oh, a yeah. Lot. That's a great I movie. I just love that movie. I, You know, I got into musicals later in life. Like, I, I didn't, like, watch them as a kid. And I kind of thought of them as, like, oh, they're so old-fashioned or whatever. But that movie and then Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, I, I love that one, too. They're just, like, really, like, genuinely funny and fun and so positive. Um, so those two, and then if I pick like a more modern, uh, film, I, I, my husband and I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like over and over (laughs) during the pandemic. It was just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even think that I didn't used to think of myself as like this big Tolkien fan, but I found myself watching those movies a lot when I was down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's interesting because I, uh, like I've, I recently like, and then this doesn't necessarily apply to every individual, but I, so I personally, like I struggle with anxiety and I've kind of was, uh, I learned that a lot of times people that with anxiety watching the same things over again, um, is like something that we do because it's this thing in your life where it brings like a sense of comfort because we know, cause some, you know, anxiety a lot of times is based on like the unknown and not knowing outcomes of your life. And so like watching these films is like, you know, the outcome of it. And so, you know, like Lord of the Rings is another one for me too, that I, I feel like I'm having like a lot of stress in my life. Like that's when I can turn on. And it, because for me, it's like about this, these characters that go through this incredibly grueling and almost like insurmountable experience that you don't think they can actually accomplish it. And then they are able to find success in it or, or, you know, achieve the goals or whatever they're doing. And so I feel like for me, it's like this thing that helps bring a lot of grounding to me in a weird way. So. No, I agree. Um, I, I watched that yeah. a lot in um, specifically the first star Wars film, you know, a mm. new hope. Yeah. That one too. I just feel like it's a perfect movie. It's very soothing. I've seen it like countless times. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Well, and, and so you mentioned singing in the rain too. Um, is that one that like you discovered as an adult or have you grown up with that movie or. Yeah, I do feel like it was more as an adult. I think I saw it as a kid when I would go over to a friend's house. Her mother would mainly, again, like I kind of had sort of like a sheltered upbringing. So a lot of my friends were the same and like their parents would fall back on older films because they were considered more wholesome. Mm -hmm. So I think I was a little bit rebellious by the time I saw that and was kind of like, oh, these movies are like so goofy, you know, but I think, you know, they're, they're really good films. And I also think when you put into context, like what is going on while those films are being made, like a lot of like the really colorful, colorful, sorry, more popular and more uplifting films were like, you know, right after World War II or something like that, you know? So like when you put, put that into context, it just makes the movies more interesting. But yeah, yeah, I saw it as an adult and I was like, wow, this is like really good. Like, I mean, obviously everyone knows that that's seen it, but I was like, okay, I I get why people like this now. And um, I don't know. It's just that, you know, that specifically the singing in in the rain scene is just so impressive. Um, Yeah. 
and it's it's just really good. I don't know. It's like one of those movies like you hear about your whole life being good, and then you watch it, and you're like, wow, that was really good. Yeah, and I, I see in the I same like for me like I saw I saw it like I think my mom would have it on or something like I. I don't know if I ever sat and watched the whole thing, but like I'd seen a lot of it. And then I remember for like a film history class I took when I was in college, um, it was one of the choices we had to watch every, it was like every two weeks we had to watch a movie or something and do like a report on it. And I, it was one of the choices. And I was like, everyone always says it's a great movie. And I was like, I don't know. Let's see what it, let's see what the fuss is about. And I remember like, I, yeah, I loved it. And it's, it's, uh, so yeah, great, great choice there. That's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what movie has made you laugh the most? Gosh, laugh the most. Hmm. This is a tough one, too. Um, I don't know if it made me laugh the most. This is going to be a weird choice, I think. Well, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to go more classic with, like, what truly made me laugh. Um, I really like Mel Brooks films. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the funniest movies and most enjoyable that I've ever seen was, I really liked Young Frankenstein. Oh, nice. It was, I don't know. I I love Gene Wilder and yeah, I just thought it was really funny. So probably that or, um, man, what's another one? I guess this is an area I'm not as like strong in is like the comedies um, yeah no, I, I get that I, i'm actually i feel like the same too when i try to answer this question so i think you know maybe wayne's world too is probably one of the okay. premier movies to me nice cool for yeah for me when i um when i was thinking about this question i it was like some like the one of the movies i shared was uh the movie dodgeball and like it's not Heck necessary. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> okay, you're sparking more thoughts in my head now. Okay, I think I was going too old school. Go ahead though. No, I was just gonna say it wasn't necessarily that that movie was one that like I, I, I watched. It came out when I was in like high school. I was like freshman, I think, and so like, but it was more about the experience of when I saw it than there was like certain moments in that. I remember seeing it with my friends and we just like died laughing to the part to the point where like we didn't even know what was happening next because we were still laughing at another part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, I've watched this, I've watched this as an adult and it's still, it's still, they're still, still funny, but it's not necessarily like, I wouldn't say it's the funniest movie ever, but it, for that time, it did probably, it's probably one of the most I've ever laughed in a movie, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely about a time and place too, right. but, sure. um, I really probably quote, I mean, I'm, this is not unique. I, I think Step Brothers is such a hilarious film. Yeah. Um, that one's really good. Um, also, uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Um, oh man, I can't think of the other one, but there's several like, um, Caddyshack. I love Caddyshack. Um, what else? Like, what do we like quote all the time? The other guys I think is hysterical. Um, Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess, you know, you're probably seeing a theme of like a lot of Will Ferrell, but I, yeah, I just really liked him. He was very funny. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, Will Ferrell is, is, I mean, super influential, I think, for me too. Like, a lot of his stuff was when I was, like, in high school and early adult, yeah. adult, like, age. That was, his movies were really big. So, um, yeah, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see his career. Like, um, we just watched the show. It was a while, it was like a year ago or so, but on Apple Plus, it was like him and Paul Rudd. Um, 
I can't oh, yeah. It. Uh, anyway, it's it's about Paul Rudd is like a he's his therapist, but it becomes this really like emotionally abusive relationship. The therapist and Will Ferrell is the client, and Paul Rudd's the therapist, and the therapist is most basically taking advantage and emotionally abusing this really kind, vulnerable guy, and and it's Will Ferrell, and he's like still Will Ferrell in it. And there's, there's moments in it where I'm like, Oh, that, that reminds me of Buddy the Elf from, from Elf, like the way he would present himself or whatever. But then it's like, just, it was just really sad and like, like just uncomfortable to watch too. And anyway, it's been, he did, he did really, Will Ferrell was great in it. And it's just kind of, kind of interesting to see his like, I don't know, evolution a little bit from like, Oh yeah, for sure. Things, so, but, um, well, cool. Well, what's uh so, this next question is what's a movie that you feel like everyone should watch or see at least once in their lifetime? Hmm. I think, I mean, I'm going to go old school and say, I know it gets overused and I've seen on TikTok people like, Oh, film bros. But hmm. I really think people should watch citizen Kane and Casablanca. Um, yeah, those are, those are the two I'm going to go with. Well, I, I bend the rules a lot. You notice like, you're like, pick one. I'm like, no, (laughs) sorry about that. No, you're good. I've actually never seen Citizen Kane. Um, you should, it's good. So since you said that, I need to, and I definitely need to watch it. Not, there's not really any particular reason. It's just like, oh, there's a million movies I haven't seen. Yeah. I I mean, I've heard, I, I remember like when I was a kid, there was like, I think it's the AFI list of a top 100. Oh movies. yeah, like that's on there. Like The Godfather. I mean, basically, like all those movies. Yeah, The Godfather is another one everyone should watch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I remember like I was maybe like eight or nine, and my brother and I like were reading it, and we saw that Citizen Kane was number one, and we were both just like, "What? What is this movie?" Like we were just offended. Like why is Star <laughs> Wars not there? Because because that's... I mean, I'd rather watch Star Wars again than Citizen Kane. <laughs> I'll just admit it, but. It it is an important film. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was just like we because I, I feel like I was at the age where I, I knew that Star Wars was like it was an entertaining blockbuster, but it also had like significance too. Oh you know, yeah, it's like groundbreaking. Was, right, and so I was like, I think I was at that point where I, I knew that, so I'm like, well, yeah, it should be the number one. Like, why <laughs> you're like obviously, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I guess I'm curious. Like, what do you what do you feel like makes that movie such a groundbreaking film? Um, you know, at the time that it came out, um, Orson Welles was very young. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it one of his first movies? Yeah, I think it. I think it was. Um, and he was like in his twenties, I think. And um, the movie, the pacing of the movie was very like weird to people at the time, and like. People didn't like it. And he was also attacking someone, uh, you know, the movie's kind of mirroring someone politically that, you know, that was dicey too. He was really kind of thumbing his nose at authority in that way. Um, but overall, it's just, it's just a really good film. Like you kind of have to just see it. Um, mm-hmm. the plot of it almost sounds boring, but then, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, it's something that like I have, wanted to watch for for years so i'm like i i think part of the reason i like asking this question is because it gives me like insight into maybe some other movies that i've missed or overlooked or whatever so (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, this was his first movie. Sorry, I just looked it up. So, yeah, the cinematography is really amazing. Um, the acting is incredible, but it was definitely like the burden of like doing the best thing at at the very beginning of your career and like mm-hmm. never really being able to like duplicate that. Um, yeah. I think it just seems so. Like, you know, there's like a specific pace and cadence to a lot of older films. And this one kind of doesn't follow that. It's kind of more outside the box and and different. And I think it's more akin to like modern, the way modern films are nowadays. So yeah, yeah, like all that is just, it's really good. Yeah. Because 1941 Mm -hmm. when it came out. Yeah. Well, cool. Awesome. Um, So this next question is kind of broad too in the way you you can answer it, but sure. Um, it's what's a movie that's been difficult for you to watch or get through and like what made it challenging. So that could be like, maybe it was challenging to get through because of the subject matter. Maybe it was like too close to home or brought up some, you know, maybe triggered something for yourself or, or it was just that maybe like, you just didn't like the movie and you had to like sit through it still. Maybe like you were seeing with friends or something like that. I don't, I don't know if that may, even hopefully that makes sense. Those two. Oh yeah, for sure. I, you know, for me in general, some topics that I avoid, I don't really like like the end of the world type movies. I don't mm-hmm. like like natural disasters. I find that like truly stressful or movies about like, uh, like a terminal illness or something like that. Like those are two things that I just kind of avoid. So I don't have great examples because I just like, generally don't watch those types of films i think we all have like one or two things we don't really like to watch but that's always been the case like since i was a kid those are the kinds of movies i avoid um but a movie that i found difficult to get through and and actually didn't end up finishing was um i was on an airplane and i saw i had put it off and then i finally decided to watch 12 years a slave oh yeah and i just i found that so hard to watch it was so upsetting watching people being abused that i just turned it off i was like i just i i think it was like a scene with lupita that i mean she does like a great job in that movie but i was just like i I can't i can't i think that movie and like another very good film that i have trouble sitting through is um schindler's list you know there's just like a couple things like that that i i find truly horrifying and so it's i think it's important um, but I don't always make it all the way through those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, those, I mean, <clears throat> both of those movies are definitely really difficult to get through. Um, mm. I, 12 years a slave, especially I, I saw it in the theater and I haven't watched it since. Um, I remember like being very excited to go see it. Like it, the trailer, I remember looked really captivating and, and from my, and I haven't, like I've, like I guess I haven't seen it. I think it's, been out 10 years now or so but yeah um i just remember it felt like almost just like two hours of like you said like uh, abuse you know like um yeah of just, just... Really, like a watching slavery 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 happen in real life like that's what it felt like you know right it was like too much i was just kind of like I agree that this is horrible, but th- it even felt weird watching it. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like one of those things. I think we all have our, you know, some people can't watch, I don't know, too much violence. Some people can't watch horror, you know, things like that. Like, they think this is just like something that for me is like a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. And yeah, yeah and it's very understandable. And it's, it's like a movie that I could appreciate. It's like what it was doing and 
the production value and the acting and the, all that oh, for sure. fantastic. But yeah, not one that I'd probably watch again. Yeah. Um, but like, but at the same time, a very important film because I think it's supposed to shock us, you know, or, or to kind of bring a sense of awareness to what, what, you know, like what yeah. the terrible things that happen. And so we don't repeat those types of things. Um, Agreed. Yeah. You know, because I know, like, from you growing up, like, learning about slavery, it's, you learn about it, and you realize it's not a good thing, but to, like, see it, it just yeah. makes it, it gives a whole new perspective, I think, so. Oh, for sure. It's, like, the first time you see, like, a graphic, like, war movie, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. how I felt seeing Saving Private Ryan, too, you know, right. it's, like, yeah, that's a great yeah. example. All, all the other war movies I saw were almost, like, propaganda, and then that movie yeah. is so, like, horrifying. Right. You're, like, Oh, this is awful, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's like it, it can be kind of a, a wake up call almost. Right, definitely. All right. Well, moving into like maybe a more uplifting question. So, what's the sure. most inspiring film that you've ever seen? Man, the most inspiring. Um, you know, this is another one where I want to give so many answers, but uh, I really liked the movie and it's been a while since i saw it but i remember really liking the movie the artist do you remember that film Uh yeah um i found that movie really inspiring like it just i love i love film and i felt like it just made me fall in love with movies all over again yeah oh cool that's awesome um yeah that's some did that win best picture i can't remember it's it came out in 2011 yeah it might have. And I think it was around the time when I was like really like getting serious about like watching the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like people have kind of forgotten about it, but I, I really liked it. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I you, you brought it up and I'm like, I f- totally forgot. I, I just kind of forgot about that. Oh, it did win Best Picture. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, like that, that's interesting. That's, a, I don't know why it's kind of fallen off the radar, but, um, I guess it's hard to sit through because it is silent most of the movie. Yeah. You know, and and he's like losing his career because movies are going into like talkies and Yeah. He he has this strong accent and so it it's very hard for him to to be in those films and I don't yeah. know. I, something about that. Um another movie that I would pick that's Probably a lot of people haven't seen it. It's one I covered on my show recently, but there's this movie called Millennium Actress. It's anime. And I bring up that movie because it, it, there's like a through line from this one to that one. It's weird, but hmm. it's kind of about this one woman's life, but it's also about the history of cinema, specifically in Japan. And it, you know, starts in like 1939 until I guess like the 90s when it came out. Um, and just like she's telling the story of her life like she's being interviewed and then her like real life is like intertwining with her movies mm-hmm. to where it's hard to tell like what's a memory she really had and what's a movie she was on Yeah, and there are so many different genres like some of them are in like feudal Japan and some of them are modern day some of them are during the war some of them are not Um, it's a very surreal film but I remember that really having a big impact on me. I should have mentioned that one for crying too. Cause I remember oh, at the yeah. very end, like 
I mean, it, it's kind of a spoiler, but it might make you more interested. Like it ends with like, I guess her final film, she's like playing an astronaut and she's going into space and you see that scene from her movie, but in real life, she's like dying. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of like she's blasting off into space and the whole movie, she's following this man that she met, like when she was a kid that she fell in love with, but she keeps trying to search for him her whole life and she can never find him. And like in the movies, they make it look like she's like chasing after him. And then in real life, she's searching for him. So at the very end, she's going into space to find him. Oh, interesting. And then, and then she says something like, you know, I realize now that it wasn't about, you know, like him specifically, it was the chase that I loved. And then it kind of ends with her like blasting off into space. And I remember just like the first time I saw that, just like crying and like, just found that so moving, um, I kind of felt like it was about her life and how like all the good and bad parts of it were just so important. And I think that's kind of like how real life is where we have all these ups and downs and setbacks and like, they're very meaningful. It's not just like the fame or whatever she was trying to accomplish. It was like the whole journey was the big part of it that was impressive. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's, yeah. that, that was probably a, a big one for me. No, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, what, what was the name of it again? It's called Millennium Actress. And yeah. it's about like these two, this guy that was a fan of hers, like had a crush on her when he was younger and is in the film industry, wants to interview her. But she's very reclusive at this point in her life. She doesn't like to talk to interviewers. But he interviews her during, actually during like an earthquake with like a kind of a younger camera guy that's not as interested. And he's filming her and as he's talking to her and as she's talking about her movies, you see like the movies happening, you know, kind of spliced oh, yeah. in and it's just, it's just got so many layers, but like he also had a crush on her. So like, you know, you see parts in her younger years where he was like in the background or like he was like a grip or something, you know, like in her orbit, but never really getting to know her and not really a part of her life. So he kind of has this unrequited love for her. And then she has a big, unrequited love in her life that you never even see yeah and it's just i don't know it's it's a really good movie but yeah not no, very sounds, well known it sounds really interesting and like the uh like you it sounds like summing up kind of a, one of the themes of, of like ex embracing life in all parts of it the, the good the bad the messy the finding meaning and purpose in the pursuit of the things you love to do whether it's like her career or mm -hmm. searching for this person like searching for love or whatever you know so anyways yeah sounds really interesting so yeah and like it's it is animated but it's not it's not like traditional like it, it, it's not like traditional anime where like there's like there's not a lot of like goofy exaggerated <laughs> expressions or anything like that it's very it's like it's animated but it's like a very it's a pretty serious film but i think yeah. it's easier to do with animation because it is so surreal that mm -hmm you know, that just makes it a lot easier to, to present. Right. Which I think, you know, is what so great about animation is like, it's just sometimes you can convey a different feel and visual style. And, and so, um, they can't do it in live action. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love what, um, you know, Guillermo del Toro said recently about Pinocchio, about how like, you know, he took that animation seriously. He didn't, he didn't go big with it. I mean, he, he wasn't, I don't think he was trying to like criticize Pixar and stuff like that, but he was just saying like, this is like a more nuanced performance in his, in his animation. And he takes it seriously as a, a film of media. And 
he's kind of right. talked about that a lot recently, which really resonated with me because I, I definitely feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's cool. Um, okay. So what would you say is a favorite movie quote of yours? Oh man, there's so many. I mean, you know, we talked a lot about back to the future. So I guess like roads where we're going, we don't need roads. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, from blues brothers, I guess like I'm on a mission from God. (laughs) Um, you know, I think of, we haven't talked about every movie that I love, but like we talked about Indiana Jones earlier, you know, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Yeah. It belongs in a museum. I mean, there's just so many uh, incredible quotes out there. It's hard to pick one. What about you? Um, I think my all-time favorite quote is from the Dark Knight trilogy. It's, uh, it's like the quote from Thomas Wayne when he says, like, why do we fall so we can learn to pick ourselves back up? Um, that's just been like a, a, I don't know. I remember why I saw that movie Batman Begins for the first time. I was 16 and it just, I don't, I don't feel like I knew what it meant to be honest, but like, I was like, Oh, that sounds deep. That sounds really cool. (laughs) And it, but it just has stayed with me. And for me now, and then it's kind of seeing it like come full circle in the dark Knight rises too, when he's Bruce Wayne's in the pit and Mm -hmm. he's trying to climb out and like he keeps falling. And then he has like a quick flashback and, there's you see his dad tell him that and he's finally able to like you know come out of the pit and then um yeah i don't know just to me it's that's that's kind of what life is is it's like we we're gonna fall we're gonna fail and there's a purpose in it there's 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 value in it there's reason for it even if it's hard and sucks and all that stuff at times so um anyway that's like yeah more that's like my it's like on a deeper level, I guess one of my favorite movie yeah. quotes, but um, um, anyway, so yeah, that's probably my all time favorite one though. So, um, but there's a lot of good ones from back to the future as well. Um, I know like that's one that like my siblings and I, we would quote a lot too. So <laughs> the, the Rose one you just mentioned, I actually just saw, I was picking my daughter from her preschool the other day and the, like the van in front of me, they had it. You know, like you can put those like borders around a license plate. Yeah. Um, it had that quote on there, which I thought was nice. cool. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, okay. So let's, uh, we're going to finish up with our last question. Um, and so this question is, um, if you could, if you had to give, or if you had the opportunity to give out a film as a gift to every new person you meet for the rest of your life, what movie would you give them? And kind of like with a little bit more context with the question is like, it's, you know, like you're giving this movie to them because it's a film that you feel like either represents you as a person, or it's just something that you really love and you want to share that movie with another person. You know, I think that it would be, so I said, I like millennium actress and another, another movie that that director did was called perfect blue and that was like his debut film probably that movie it's okay. really dark i feel like that <laughs> it's gonna make people think i'm like I, I mentioned earlier that i really like psychological films yeah and suspense um you know movies like memento or uh movies like uh you know, fight club you know things like that i i kind of have always liked those types of films and this movie is kind of like 
kind of like those movies actually. Um, I mean, the closest thing you can compare it to is, uh, probably Black Swan, but in my opinion, I think it was more nuanced and, and more interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really, I think it's such a cool film because I think it came out in like 1998 or something like that, but really nailed, um, a lot of the issues we're dealing now with like social media and fandom and those, those types of dangers that that brings about this movie, like nailed it like way back then, like before a lot of that stuff even existed. And it's just such a cool movie because the whole film you're trying to figure out like what's real, like what's really happening. And, you know, it, it follows like a pop star who has some like obsessive fan that's kind of following her, but you're also trying to figure out is it an obsessive fan or is it her like is it a side of her that is not happy with the way that her career is going because she goes from like being a pop star to an actress and there's some like stuff that comes along with that that she's maybe not ready for or is against and um so the whole movie you're like is it her or is it someone after her like she's kind of losing her mind the whole movie too and you know, you find out in the end what's going on, but it's very disorienting and surreal and like exciting. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that one like quite a bit, but it is pretty violent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think it would be considered rated R, but it, gosh, it was such a good movie. So I, I would be like, if you think that like animation is for kids and you think that it can't be serious, like you should watch that movie because I feel like that movie paved the way. It definitely influenced some directors too that we really like, like Aronofsky and uh, and Nolan. Even like some of his work influenced some of the stuff he did. But like it's it's just such a cool film, and it was so ahead of its time. So that that would be mine. Yeah, awesome. That I appreciate these like these uh, the things you're sharing because I've never heard of it, but you're describing it, and I looked it up too, and it sounds really interesting. So um, definitely sounds like something I'd be interested in. And watching so yeah um, definitely not around the kids and definitely yeah. just i mean there is like some brief i guess nudity in it but mm. it's very brief some kind of disturbing i would say material to like make sure that i mean it, it should it should have a trigger warning because I, I think there's some stuff that happens nothing well i don't want to say anything but yeah. it, you just have to know that going in i mean if you're okay with watching something like those other films i mentioned um fight club or something like that then you can watch this but otherwise it you know it's definitely not a family film yeah well cool well um and yeah i mean i think that's interesting it sounds like a really um compelling film so um if you don't mind me asking real quick um you mentioned like loving um yeah like psychological thrillers and stuff what what are you mentioned Fight Club, um, Memento. Is there any other ones that are really like favorites of yours? Oh man, there's so many. Um, recently, uh, well, it's not super recent, but uh, one of Denis Villeneuve's earlier films, um, Prisoners, I thought was really good. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. And I don't know if I would consider this psychological suspense or not, but I love movies like There Will Be Blood. Um. I don't know, just some of those like darker <laughs> movies. Yeah. I, also, like I can't believe we went through a whole discussion about film, and I never even mentioned Blade Runner. Oh, okay, which is more sci-fi, but I think it does have that sort of introspective, like darker side to it, you know. Yeah. And then 
the very first movie we ever covered on my podcast, Dark City. Okay. That's like blending two genres I love, you know, yeah. that one and Blade Runner, where it's like the psychological, but also like sci-fi too, and a little dark. Yeah. Um, honestly, Alien, I think counts like two, like, yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I need to see Dark City still. That's like one that has been always, I've always been really interested to see, but haven't ever, haven't seen it yet. Because isn't it kind of some people will like, because it predated The Matrix, right? I think by one year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think they even used some of the uh, some of the set on The Matrix. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it wasn't and, like the success that The Matrix was. Oh, no. It didn't have the same. It's a much effect. smaller film. Like, I, I definitely would temper your expectations. It's not going to be like The Matrix. Oh, but right, right, yeah. It, it, uh, it, it explores some concepts it's a little bit slower pacing. It explores some really interesting concepts and visuals. Like if you like sci-fi, then you'll like it basically. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I definitely wanted, yeah. I wanted to check out and Blade Runner. I, um, so I'm, I didn't grow up with that one really. And I watched it for the first time before Blade Runner 2049 came out and I liked it, but Blade Runner 2049 and I, maybe this is blasphemy, but I, I like that one more. Um, I do too. Okay. Me at all. Okay. Um, I just felt like it. It was just. Um, I was just really drawn into it a lot more in the story. But talk like talk about like a like that movie feels like a perfect sci-fi psychological thriller because it's like I know there's so many different elements to it that just work on both those levels. I think so. And I'm kind of upset at myself that we didn't talk about another genre that I really like, which is noir, and you know it's mm. sort of like a neo noir and film yeah. and. Yeah. I think, you know, with Blade Runner, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, what's the big deal? Yeah. <laughs> like I saw it and I was like, that's it? Because people build it up so much. But yeah. I think it speaks to a very specific time. And I also feel like it was the first of its kind in cinema form, at least to do a lot of those things that it does. And, right. you know, to take this sci-fi genre into such a serious in different direction where it's less about the spectacle. It's like less about that and more about like the, it's more introspective about what it means to be human. And I, I'm just like a sucker for stuff like that. I, I think there were a lot of books that were written that are deeply about that. And I mean, it's, it's sort of based on like Philip K. Dick's, you know, those who dream of electric sheep, but it was like the first movie to touch on a lot of that. And um, it took me a couple times seeing it to like, it was like the more I saw it, the more that I fell in love with it kind of thing. So mm. I, I feel like I had to kind of mention that towards the end here because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even yeah. talk about that movie, but I love it so much. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I, when I first saw it, too, I was like, I could appreciate, I could understand, like, the uh, just kind of like at the time when it came out, why it would be a groundbreaking film. But it was like, I but I sense, yeah, I feel like I have more appreciation for it, too. And then Blade Runner 2049 is like just i don't know there's there's that scene when um ryan reynolds is k is his name i think right he's mm -hmm. he's like looking at that like advertisement for joy after oh yeah and it's quick spoiler warning for blade runner 24 9 when like the programming has been destroyed and it's just like it's like heart-wrenching i don't know like i it's this just him like the thing that he, like the one thing in his life i feel like that really was like 
I don't know that he, that was kind of like he was working towards having some sort of like happiness for himself wasn't even yeah. like necessarily real. I mean, it was real. Like he had a, anyways, it, it's just so complex. Oh, I, no, I, I, I love that about it too. I feel like that movie really touched on like, in some ways, like what is love? Is it something yeah. we're programmed to do? You know, was she programmed to love him? Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, but was he programmed to love her and are humans programmed to love each other? Does it even matter? Like there's right. a, there's a yeah. quote like that, that Harrison Ford has later in the film about that, about yeah. how it doesn't matter because it was real to him. And I thought, oh, I kind of had an aha moment. Like, you know, people are sort of programmed in some ways biologically to love each other. So really does it matter? Like, does that make it any less real? Not really, but right. Yeah. And, and, like, and that, oh, go ahead. I love that he had, if it, if like, if it was real for him, like then it, it just makes it all the more heartbreaking in that moment because it's like, he's, he's, he still has to live his life seeing her around, if that makes sense. Like, oh yeah. And, and it's, and maybe he finds another joy, but at the same time, it's like, it wasn't the one that he fell in love with. And so, Anyways, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to watch that now. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like, so I feel like Blade Runner, um, the original was more about, you know, like the fear of AI and like technology and all that. And I think like nowadays we're not afraid of the same things. So I feel like 2049, the fear was more centered around like, you notice like they, they, they focused more on, um, I think like climate related stuff like how there wasn't like a lot of food left and they have these like mm-hmm. food farms and people are eating worms um i feel like the 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 way that you drive stories like that forward or make them like easier for us to connect to is you pick the stuff that we're afraid of now you know yeah like right now as a society we're worried about like the extinction of our planet even if you don't no matter where you fall on the side of of that argument like if you believe or you don't believe i think there's still like a general fear of like the end you know and so like that movie did a good job like tackling that fear of like humanity being wiped out somehow or the planet dying or whatever like i feel like that movie like focused more on that and then also like on interpersonal relationships a little bit more than the first one did which is like something i think we tackle more in movies than we did before so like i feel like Denny Villeneuve did such a good job of like picking what we what we're thinking about now if he had tried to like recreate Blade Runner I think it it stays in its time I think it's the reason why you didn't have like a profound experience watching it because it wasn't like relevant Mm -hmm. to you you know yeah it's like we're not as afraid of robots (laughs) anymore so it just doesn't it's not the same as it was in the 80s where they were like oh my gosh these computers like what's next? You know, like we're kind of past that point. We're thinking about other things now, but I agree with you about Kay. I felt like that was really moving and yeah, just like the through line of that, that was a big part. And then also like when he finds out he's not, you know, another spoiler, like the chosen one, essentially, like we're so used to movies like this, him being like the chosen one. And then he finds out this isn't even about him. He's just like a, almost like a side character in the main in the bigger picture, I thought that was a really interesting choice and it makes him very relatable. I I love that like twist with that, like that. Yeah. Like, it makes him such a more relatable character, like you just said. And it's really interesting because that came out October of 2017. And then I remember the last Jedi came out in October or December of 2017. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. And, and you know, I, we talked about the last Jedi on your show before, but oh, one yeah. of the things I loved was kind of a similar thing is how they made Ray not, 
like the quote chosen, or at least like, you know, when Kylo Ren calls her a nobody or whatever, like you have that scene of her, like having to kind of deal with that. And, and I, I remember just really appreciating that time of like life of thinking about like how movies were kind of trying to break that trend of the chosen one story. Oh yeah. And things like yeah. that. Yeah. So. I mean, we talked about like Lord of the Rings, right. And like how, I mean, you know, the main character, he is like a chosen one. The Matrix, we talked a little bit about that, like Neo, the one, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you're right. I think they've, they've started having these movies where it's like, can you live with not being the one, yeah. <laughs> which is more relatable for the rest of us, right? So I, yeah, I totally agree. I like that too. Well, and I feel like too, as humans in a lot of ways, and I don't know if this is something that you experienced growing up or in your life, but like, sometimes we're kind of made to feel like we are the one or like told from Mm -hmm. adults or whatever, or not like the one that we're going to save the world, like sense like that, but like that, um, I don't know, like, but that eventually as, as life goes on, that we're all part of humanity together and not one person Mm -hmm. is special or above another. Even if the president of the United States, like his role or her role is like, yes, there's like a great um, amount of responsibility with that, but that doesn't make that person better than someone that's, you know, they are a janitor for a living or whatever, you know, like we all have our value. And I think that's what stories like that to me, I think is are important because it like, it, it point it, for me, at least it, it brings that out of like, we all have value no matter what we're doing. And it's what we do with that rather than like some prophecy or some person telling us we're special or great. It's how we, what we do with those with our gifts and how we get back to the world so agreed there's a great a great quote that says you know people won't remember so much what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel mm-hmm. and you know, yeah i think that's so true definitely well um lisa it was great to have you on i appreciate you sh- you taking time and sharing some of the some of your life and stories through some of your favorite films. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Um, I guess I will give a little piece of advice to those listening. Uh, you, you notice I talked about a lot of different genres, including foreign films, you know, American and foreign films. Um, and I would just say, be open, you know, be open to seeing new things. And um, you may, you may find a new movie that you never thought you'd like. I can't tell you how many times that happens to me and it ends up becoming my favorite. So stay open-minded and, and watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and with that, I want to just add too. you mentioned not being like a fan of musicals until you were, you were older and I can totally relate to that. And the movie, uh, like West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg one that came out a little over a year ago. Um, I, I saw that only because it was Steven Spielberg because I love Steven Spielberg. Great movie. Yeah. I love that movie and like musicals are like have become like a new genre that I've been exploring the last year or so. That's been nice. Really fun. So anyways, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So, um, oh, also real quick, I wanted to ask this if it's okay. One more question. What, what, um, like in the superhero genre, I'm just curious, like what are some of your, like one or two, three favorite superhero films. You know what? The Batman. I freaking loved that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Before that, I would have said The Dark Knight. Uh, I think The Batman is probably now closer to one of my favorites. But I loved Nolan's trilogy. Um, 
what else? Uh, Batman 1989. You're going to see a lot of Batman uh, in these um, suggestions. Oh, what else? Uh, I, I like Watchmen. Um, and I like a lot of the Marvel films too, but not as much. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick some Marvel films too, I would say I really like the first Captain America movie. I really liked the Doctor Strange film. Actually, both of them. Um there's quite a few. I yeah. like quite a few superhero films. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I, I like both the Duck Strings a lot too. They um, the first one has grown on me a lot. I didn't love it as much when I first saw it, but it's I've and then the second one I know is pretty mixed, but I, I really enjoyed it. So Yeah. But uh well cool. Well Lisa, once again, like I said, it was great to have you. Um if anyone wants to listen to your show or follow you, what where would be the best place to do that? You pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts, just search I Love That Movie. And then um, I'm on Twitter at ILTM Podcast and on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. So just look for me and, and chat with me if you want to want to be on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. We'll, I'll put some um, the links in the show notes as well. But thank you ever for listening to this episode and if you'd like to be a guest on the show please reach out to me um you can reach me at my instagram at uh, tommy olson 88 that's the best place to reach me right now Um, and thank you for everyone tuning in and hope you have a great rest of your day